0: Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the marketing minds at deconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak.
1: We are here episode 166 with Jackie Lipinski.
0: Hello, everyone. Andrew, I know Hello. you've kind of tease about this every time i'm out and you read this but it is kind of a built-in covid test like if you can't read or say this entire uh intro it's like you're in a breath or yeah
1: like what's how many liters of air can or whatever i think
0: it's i think that's
1: what it is right how many liters exactly yeah yeah i don't know it depends i don't (laughs)
0: have to get those uh cvs at home tests anymore for my kids i'll just be like read this in one breath see what happens
1: like dad i can't (laughs) do that word what's that word elevator no elevates (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh lots of story time today uh no one ever complains about too much story time nah. but let's uh let's kick it off andrew oh wait no see rusty gone one week and yeah. Oh, no man. audio.
1: I, I, i'll do three stories i'll do one quick one so okay. netflix no longer has the office that's our default show like if nothing's on we turn on netflix and it's the office it's not on there anymore you now have to get it on peacock peacock is terrible I hate it so much that I'm now buying every season of The Office. They're $20 each. That's how much I don't like it, which I think is really interesting as far as usability. I don't want any other show on there. I'm willing to just buy and permanently have it or your technical. Have
2: you just had I it need. with subscriptions? Is like your magic just account always just being it. like, yeah. you have too so many? So I just turn it on. Out. And
1: now I'm like, I own it. I'm a real fan of The Office now that I'm actually paying for it. But it's still painful. It's like, once a week we're like oh we have to you have to physically get
2: up now and put the dvds in oh no
1: what? no 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 no! forget that it's on amazon oh, prime okay great <laughs> that'd be terrible i don't have any DVDs. like going way I'd, old
2: school
1: i'd lose them that'd be horrible. i'm the same
0: way and i'm sure it depends on which device you get i mean we have apple tvs we have fire tvs all that stuff but i've i've really at the end of the day i'm just like who if i have digital content like a movie or a tv series that i do decide to purchase which is rare but i, I always go back to amazon just because i figure that's it's AWS is not going anywhere. Like Apple whole, could get disrupted. The device has become not popular in some crazy alternate universe. But
1: And we have a, a Fire TV cube. I forgot mm-hmm. the features of it, but it's like default just works with your voice. So it could be like, I could be like, hey, lady, play. I'm not going to say your name because everyone's house would be like, stop it, stop. will and I'll just say it and I'll just start playing. I know I could hook up an echo and do all that stuff. So anyways, that was first story. Second story is, Amazon, again, I'm adding a third monitor to my office because I'm Mm. a weirdo and I just want to have a third one, but it's going to be vertical and it's a little bit smaller and it'll be what I'm envisioning. I'm like, okay, I could put like, I'm going to cut it in half and kind of have like my weekly goals and then Slack and then kind of have that permanently there will Mm be to the right of me. In the middle is the 32 inch to the left. is a 27, which is has the camera right there I'm looking at and then on the right side. So I'll be surrounded. I needed a different stand. So I did the, we now have overnight 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. delivery from Amazon. I don't hmm. know if anyone else has that, which I think is super cool. So I bought the monitor. It was same day. They did, And I did this for the next day, 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. So I expected today by 8.30 a.m. to be able to have my third monitor set up. It's still not here. And at 3.01 Eastern time, it said that it was delivered. I have the ring doorbell and camera. I'm like, it definitely wasn't delivered. I was
2: enjoying it not you.
1: It's like a gas powered, which I guess is, it was only like $30, this desk mount stand. And so I could just put it where I want it to be versus having like an Allen key and having to adjust things up and down. So I'm like, Oh, cool. This will be like three minutes to set up before the podcast. I'll be so excited. Nope. Who knows where it is. So I did the Amazon chat chat bot, which is really easy to use and typically helpful, but this just goes to like, so the chatbot, I think, is great. They do a good job with it. You know you're not talking to a person. And I think it's like Amazon help assistant, something like that. But then when I get to the final solutions, like sometimes the delivery driver misscans it. Check back by tomorrow, 5 p.m., I'm like, well, I paid for like, the, it was $2.99.
0: It's a situational version of, can you please try rebooting your computer yeah, for me? Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, this
1: is a disappointment. So it was like, amazing. I got the
0: Oh no, You're like disappointed by hours. a chatbot? Are you? you Well, no, I'm, actually, I'm
1: disappointed by the process of like, oh, and you paid for the overnight 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. delivery.
0: Okay, and, yeah, yeah, and, Not the chatbot. Did
1: bot. you have ex- a to
2: refund you and they did I'll not? I would have just
1: gone to Best Buy or something like this evening or last night. And, and be done with it. But I'm like, oh, I'll just show up tomorrow morning. Like the kids will be off to school and I'll have my monitor stand. Like I'll be good to go. Now they're saying to wait until tomorrow, which this is all first world problems. I'm really not complaining. It would be nice we to We talked have about done. this
0: though, in terms of, um, but it's the Broader of, technological systems, like mm-hmm. Amazon, like the Starbucks app, the inability for small adjustments to match current realities. So here in Columbus, Gosh, like two years ago, we had two-hour delivery windows for several hundred thousand different products. Mm-hmm. Those are now gone here. Uh, two-hour, two-hour delivery gone. is completely gone, unavailable. And I'm guessing it's oh, wow. because of they can't staff it up. They can't. The warehouses mm-hmm. are still here, um, but it sounds like in your case, they they just don't have. But. Okay. It was, yeah, it's
1: down to like a human, like a truck was late. It was, it's like back to level. We have, oh. um, cause we have a bunch of warehouses now. They've definitely expanded. You see Amazon everywhere. It's crazy. Um, we're like, I could order something. Now we have like this late evening window of early, when early morning window, and then like two to 6 PM. Um, now it's limited, but all the, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much all the popular items will be. Not that doesn't your
0: guy, like every time you get anything delivered from Amazon, they take a picture of it. They do, and I try
1: to find the picture of this, and there's no picture. Because I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, it's at that neighbor's house because there's like yeah. six different paint palettes that are for the exterior. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's 84. Like Maybe the they couldn't
2: get through your gate, so they just like left it at the gate.
1: Well, I put the gate on, even though we're not supposed to, but like they know the gate codes. They probably know like 50 gate codes for our <laughs> community. I'm like, we probably should change these at some point. But yeah, it still comes back down to like, I don't know if there's a story a lesson learned, I guess there doesn't need to be, but it's still like humans at the end of the day will be mm-hmm. either the fixers or the breakers of, of all these little things. And then final story, I'm just on to wrap room is I was on a call earlier today. It was a great call, great person, great builder. Um, but the, there's the variable of the market, the product, the location, the home, the price, all that can make your marketing metrics,
0: mm-hmm. cost
1: per lead, cost per click, click through rate, every little thing. Like, that outweighs every setup that you do. You're like, this is the perfect campaign, the perfect strategy. But if all that other stuff is broken, like, you'll be like, what's wrong with my marketing? I did it wrong. It's broken. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, that same setup works 90% of the time over here. But if we look at the variables on, like, why is that community not selling so well? You go, oh, it's not my fault.
2: I, th- I think that specific issue, Andrew, because uh, this was the call I was on too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, th- I think uh-huh. it's just also about being in the industry for a longer period of time and kind of having, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the street credibility or, or just the experience of um, understanding the market better to make, you know, quicker decisions to understand like, I don't know, the cost analysis and sometimes you just got to throw money at a community, especially if, and this person's specific issue, you know, they don't necessarily have a budget. And they're scared to spend money. And we are recommending please spend money if you're concerned, so.
0: If you have the money to solve a problem, you don't have mm-hmm. a problem. And, and, and I think my th- same idea here is that you spend the money to make sure, 99.5% sure that it's not an attention problem or a problem that advertising can fix. Mm-hmm. So the, the danger point is, and this, I'm not saying you guys were doing this on the call, the danger point is to oversimplify and say, mm-hmm. nope, technically everything's good. Uh, oh, so yeah. it's the market or all those other things that are causing the problem. What you want to make sure is that even no matter how much street cred you have, you never want to be in a position where it's, where you can be perceived as you're just saying, well, the price is too high. Mm-hmm. It's, it's obviously 100%. the price compared to competition isn't wrong. You show the, you do the work to show the impact on website activity that, hey, we got 20,000 people to look at this community over 30 days still no sales it's definitely not an attention problem because the time on those pages is good and all those other things so the only the only nuance i would add is unless all of your communities are in the same boat and then by definition if all of your communities are broken or struggling mm-hmm. then the campaigns are wrong does that make sense like it does yeah technically in terms of how you're comparing against uh, but but if everything isn't working then you have to start over uh not 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 from scratch but you have to say the approach of this campaign while technically perfect is obviously wrong if none of my eight communities are getting the leads and appointments volume that they need
1: definitely yep and that was the yeah without going super detailed yeah. so but, no, but mm-hmm. like that's the scenario was like, everyone is very aware that this community has, has its right. struggles. If it's a specific it's,
0: community in a market, then almost right. always what you're saying is exactly right.
1: And then it's like, why is this high? Like, why is that? It's mm-hmm. like, well, we have like yeah. this other thing. It's almost like if we're like, Hey, well, I want to run a marathon. Right. It's like, well, you'd never run before you're in flip-flops. Your knee is broken. Like, but we're ignoring all those things. We're just saying you got to get out there and run. Yeah. Like, well, we have to exactly. put our shoes on I, first. Like that's we're not, really
0: having two conversations here where I'm trying to make sure that someone listening who's in a, you know, the typical, well, I'm in Austin, I'm in Raleigh. My market's just hard because everyone's here. Well, that, okay. That's not what we're talking about at all. What, what I'm talking about is if, if however your things are set up, if you're not getting the results overall, not just in a community, overall, the company is not succeeding.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: By definition, it can't be perfect because if it was perfect, you'd get what you need. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, that's true. so it's always remembering the end in mind is the sales goal. And when we have a struggling community, you can absolutely go through the process that we've outlined over and over and over again, or given away spreadsheets and done hours of talks on uh, fixing a broken community. But I think to to your point, it's like just focus on the attention and then focus on it. And then not, not necessarily the cost per click or the conversion rate. It's like how many total people looked at it.
1: Definitely. And I'm not thinking more in lines of, just to make sure I'm super clear, not an excuse to be why it's not performing, but just like, let's say, let's take a Facebook campaign. You have the budget, you have the campaign objective, you have the targeting, and then you have the ad itself. Those, I think that's four variables if I did the math in my brain, right? But then we can't leave out the variable of like, oh, it's a really ugly house. Like that influences everything else in there too, Mm -hmm. but we can't ignore it. Like, we should at some point, like, be really objective. Like, I'm not considering that in this moment. But, like, probably more of it's more a leadership thought. Like, they need to be thinking 50-50 versus the person that's actually clicking the buttons should be like, that's only 5% of their thoughts. Because otherwise, they'll just get distracted and be like, oh, maybe they would more easily think of using that as an excuse versus, like, let me just get better pictures, better pictures, better ad copy, um, different strategies.
0: Yeah, and it really is understanding the the room that you're talking to in terms of your... Corporate culture and leadership culture. Where if I know that my leaders are already skeptical about the true value and impact of of digital advertising and marketing, then I'm going to make sure every time there's enough traffic to oh, prove sure. that that's not the problem. Definitely, but I yeah, 100. Yeah. Make you know, sure. Always a good reminder that that there's things we can and can't control, mm-hmm. and they all have factor into the final results.
1: Definitely, and I'm done with story time. Jackie, I'm here and listen now.
2: It was a good one. Yeah, I have a, I have a fun one. Uh, not the same builder, different builder. Um, so last week, it's kind of a follow-up to the um, story time. We had this builder who all of a sudden we were um, looking at the their Google Analytics and we couldn't figure out what was happening with the reporting and why it seemed like um, just everything was going wrong. What we found out is someone had messed up uh, and the URL structure of a community was rewritten. And, um, and all of our, our ad tracking was stripped. And so I just wanted to uh, kind of reiterate um, an update. We found out that the IT wasn't able to recreate the problem. Mar- our marketing person wasn't able to recreate the problem. Still mm. not sure what happened. It was in WordPress. But what we can do is just learn from it, move forward. That's the problem. And now- yeah, now it's just something to check on our radar of this happening on this person's website and our other builders also having this problem. Um, but just wanted to talk about like the proper URL structure for builders, because even when we were going in and trying to fix things, there were, there were still old, funky little URL, um, kind of like the menu. And so I'll just, I'll briefly go over it. So what you want is like the company name.com slash new homes slash your state slash your city slash your community. And slash your home address of the specific home.
0: If it's an inventory, yeah.
2: If it's an inventory home, yeah. <clears throat> and so the, all of those slash new home slash state, those little sections are called slugs. And a slug is a part of the URL structure that identifies like a particular page. So if you delete any of this, so if it's doconvert.com slash podcasts, that's a web page that can be landable. If it's doconvert slash podcasts slash 154. One, five, six, one, six, whatever. Episode um, number, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, You can always delete those sections and and move backwards. And so you just need to make sure there's a consistency to your website. Um, if you are not using, I know we have a, if you're kind of using a one-off company or if you're using WordPress, um, there's a really good tool to download, to understand, and to visualize your role structure versus going into your website and trying to click on everything. Um, and it's called screamingfrogseo.com. Uh, I think you've had experience with it, Andrew, but just download it into your website and you can um, export all of your um, community pages, see your 404s, look at all your page titles. I feel like it's a really good like once a year thing to put on your schedule. And as we come to the end of the third quarter, you know, like end of the year, I think it is just something to quickly run through, look for red flags comfortable, you know, move on. Yeah. But,
0: the, yeah. The key points here are that everything within the URL should be like, uh, you can never get too lost. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I go new homes slash state slash city and I hit enter, that needs to be a real page that then has communities I could choose from. And then when I pick one, it would be slash community slash that actual, that community name. Um, so, so the, the true connection, cause a lot of URL structures that we'll see um, even larger builders do is um, it's that way to get to the community pages, but then the floor, plage, floor plan pages or the inventory pages are in a separate silo, so to speak, of the website, not directly connected. That's not ideal um, at all. And it, that can become a real problem, especially in reporting. So to continue mm-hmm. your story time, we are getting um, a ton of requests yeah. for more uh, detailed community dashboard reports using Data Studio. or And it really doesn't matter That's it's Data Studio. It can be anything. But if you don't have your website, your CRM system, your call tracking tool, your landing page, if everything is not set up correctly, it, it can be 50 times harder to create a usable dashboard structure. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, the reason we're talking about URL um structure on a podcast where you can't see what we're talking about okay. it's because it's not just seo it's not just user experience it's your ads it's your reporting mm-hmm. it's your dashboards so it's much. all the things and so oh. don't just let the website company you're working with pick a pick a strategy that and not make sure that you're fully understanding what's going on and, and we'll put this
2: it in is... the show notes so people can get a visual tool there you
1: go I think um, expanding on the reporting thing really quick, most mm-hmm. reporting or all reporting, if you're making a dashboard, you'll use a filter. So if you're like, how is Florida doing? You could be you could say, include all pages that have Florida. But if it changes from FL to FLO, and then you have like, oh, what it? it goes over here, then you can't do it. And you have to manually have all these different filters set up and it's near impossible to, to maintain yeah. perfectly. And it just won't be perfect. Screaming Frog though, they have a yearly license. It's right under $200, but it, yeah. Doesn't at the is free
0: it, one scan like a
1: thousand pages or something for Yeah, I think it's you. up to
2: 500 pages is what I saw. Yeah. I was running into then
1: the, the paid one has a lot, like you could put it on schedules and then, yeah, that seems like you will very quickly pay for itself with the time saved. Just getting it set up.
0: Yeah, it's a good tool. Yeah, it's super cool. All right, moving on to some stories from the Oakley side of things. I was at the Builder 100 last week for the first time fantastic conference amazing venue um we we joke that we should have the summit there but uh dana point california probably out of out of the price range in the budget um fa- fantastic venue flight. good experience my my main reason in talking about it it was great to meet a lot of people there it was fun because it is a definitely a different group of people it's it's very exclusive uh, because it's the builder 100 so you know, in years past, they've made a point of saying like, if you don't work for a Builder 100 and you're not in the C-suite essentially, like don't bother, you're not a division president if you're not part of the senior management team, you're not coming to this. And they you know, they made a point of make sure you're wearing your name badge in all of the material. And I imagine that's because uh, in years past, people have tried to sneak in just to hear what's going on and whether it's reporters or other builders. Interesting. In fact, one of the builders we work with won a major award there and he made the joke. He goes, it's good to be here as part of the top 100 because I've been attending this event for the last five years. You just didn't know I was here, you know, stealing all your secrets. And it was, it was just joking, I think. Uh, but my, so my main reason talking is one, it was fun to to mix with a group of people who didn't necessarily all know shocking. Uh, uh I know. Surprise, surprise here. <laughs> Uh, they didn't know who I was. They didn't know who Mike Lyon was. They'd never heard of who you Confirmed, <laughs> and, and that, you know, their Kinda teams nice. do the people who are doing online sales or digital marketing would, but you know, when you're talking to the CEO of a top 15 company, they're like, Oh no, no idea. Who are, what do you, what do you do again? That was fun uh, to be kind of anonymous in, in some senses uh, and, and meeting people there. The other reason I wanted to talk about it was just to express how everyone is screwed up again. So um, that, that's always an encouraging thing for me, right? It goes back to my, one of my favorite quotes ever is from Jim Rohn. Don't wish it were easier. Wish it, wish you were better. If it's easier, it, it lowers the playing field for everyone. Cause it's easy, right? Like I just, I push a button and I sell homes online. You don't want that to happen because then it's ubiquitous. It's a commodity. Everyone's doing it the exact same way. You want it to be hard and you want to get better. You want your company to get better. And so it, a lot of good conversations, a lot of good panels from those uh, top 25 builders. But no one, what was different this year is a lot of times you go to an event like this and all people want to talk about is, you know, well, we thought for 10 minutes about the problem and then we pushed a button and our sales increased by 30%. It's just like glosses, oversimplification, pats on the back, um, that that kind of stuff. And this was much more honest this time uh, about, hey, a lot of this stuff is really hard and this environment's really hard. And that was refreshing. So just encouraging you that everyone's messed up everywhere to different degrees, for sure. But there, are, there is no perfect builder. And so if you have, what's the saying? Don't meet your heroes. That's stupid. I mean, I met a lot of people that I would consider to be heroes of mine there. But don't have a hero builder. That's maybe... Re-
1: like don't idolize the in. builder yeah,
0: no, don't do that at well, all. Don't None idolize of them,
1: anybody in my brain, but
0: there, there is like, no builder, perfect. meaning the company you should idolize. You can idolize Dawn and her ability at Tilson to do the Facebook live program and and different aspects. But one of the things that just kind of drives me nuts is when someone will mention a builder's name, not a person or a department or a thing they did. And they're just like, Oh, everything they do is awesome. Baloney. I don't have a button for that, but
1: to me, it's probably, I mean, I don't know the exact one, but like maybe their, their homes are like just a little bit, the step above 5% better. And then their creatives are just a little bit better. So you're like, gives this appearance of like, oh, they do everything so perfectly. Yeah. It's you know, just, it's pretty.
0: No one's doing anything perfectly. They all have problems and the problems are what make the story more interesting. Right. I mean, gosh, what was it? Six years ago now, or five years ago at one of our summits where John Sherman said, Hey, every good story needs drama. Oh. <laughs> and, and this was easy. And look how great this is. It's not, it's not a compelling story. So, what makes it more interesting is when you start to look up to person X who's working in marketing in a building company and you get to know them to the point where they're talking about the things that they don't do well yet. And there are things they I mean, i anyway, I don't know. There, there's nowhere else to go there other than to say, don't idolize a builder and don't let your ownership or other leaders idolize a builder. Like, you know, Lennar at one point was a builder like this for, for a lot of people when it comes to buy online, Taylor Morrison became that for a hot second. Uh, before, before we talked more about that, but like three years ago, is what's Lennar doing? Oh my gosh, what's Lennar doing? Don't worry about it. Uh, they're messed up. I promise you. I mean, Dr. Yeah. Horton um, sold or closed seventy thousand homes last year. Seventy thousand.
1: It's insane.
0: Word on the street is that most divisions use Excel for their CRM system from online sales. So bless
1: my mind. Like, <laughs> I'm going that. Like, I don't know how you do it. That's right. It's amazing.
0: It is amazing. Like, it's, and, it's,
1: and it's insanity too. So, so no
0: one does it perfectly. And then um, talking about, there's a lot of conversation about burnout and the great resignation and employees. And one of the things, if you, if you are good at what you do and you're working remotely or you're feeling burnt out is the concept of resting on the bike. And I was talking about this with someone on a coaching call last week. And I was like, I'm definitely going to talk about this on the podcast and on road bikes. Um, there, if you're riding a road bike and, um, you feel yourself getting overheated or exhausted, the bikes are built so well that you can continue to pedal and just slow things down. You will still maintain forward momentum and you are resting on the bike. If kind of always have this visual picture when you're riding a bike like that of a red line in a car, you know, the, the, the coolant how cold or how hot is, is the engine me. And Mm -hmm. I I don't want to overheat because then I'll just have to stop completely and throw up on the side of the road, whatever on a bike, on a road bike, because they're built so well, you can continue for momentum while resting. And I think that's an important idea here is yes, we do need breaks. Yes. We need to, we do need time to check out, but also understanding that it's okay to rest on the bike. As long as you've built the system to the point where it, the momentum can continue to some degree without you being there. And if you haven't built that system around you yet, you need to. Because the reality is there's not enough vacation time when when people need it, right? We we can talk about vacation and why people do or don't take vacation time, etc. But it's much better to build a system where you can rest on the bike and have that be a goal that you work towards. Whether that is the people around you, Um, the processes, the partners that you choose to work with, whatever. Um, But the real reason I was talking about that with them is because we we were looking at this chart of the website activity and the lead volume. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple other interesting things we could talk about here. But if you, let's say that you were so burnt out that on January um, 19th, you said, that's it, Like I'm either going to take a two-week vacation or... I'm going to quit this industry forever. Like you, were, you just reached that point and you couldn't rest on the bike. You had to completely cut out. Well, that was the absolute peak of the market. And that whole spring selling season in 2021 was compressed. It didn't go from January to the end of May like it typically would, or sometimes even into June. It was January to March. And so this idea of, man, we don't know what spring season of 2022 is going to be, but I, you better not be to the point where you better be able to capture what's coming in. We talked about the surfing analogy, you know, ride the waves when they're there. Um, but, but this idea of everyone being stressed out and needing time off and a break. And I, and I get it, but you don't want to take the break off in the peak period either. You need to have the system around you that you can say, okay, I, I can't keep redlining, but I also have to make sure that I can rest on the bike. Um, makes sense.
1: And there's times I think I'll do the opposite. There's times to do, In college, I used to race mountain bikes for anyone that's done that cross country mountain bike racing. Um, So we would do like hill sprints was like every time Mm -hmm. we go there, I think there's like the opposite. There's times to do, and they were painfully awful. Half the time I would. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're going uphill for like five minutes at as hard as you can think like tour de France, except this was off road. And like, there's Lance just going, going, you're like, how's he going? 32 miles an hour up this hill. This is crazy. There's times for, for both. Steroids. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Steroids. (laughs) Red blood cell count. All this. That helps. How's it keep going? He's a machine. Okay. They're all guilty. Um, all this. So yeah, that's really interesting concept.
0: You do need to sprint at times too. And that's the other part is if you look at your personal temperature gauge and you're all what you're like, I'm steady Eddie. We never, you do have to push at times. And at other times you have to push those around you, but there shouldn't ever be a point where you got to get off the bike and you're just like, we're, we need to pause altogether. Yeah, so that's going to look different for everyone. I just thought it was an interesting uh, story to you, Yeah, I like you, that analogy. I like
1: in the middle, I'm, I, I love this concept. Like there, I think you could do intentional sprints for no reason, like to yourself. I'm not saying like take your whole team and we're going like, yeah. we're to we're die right now. We're just going to keep going. But like just like, okay, let's see what can I, can I do this for some project onto yourself. And then the opposite too, like, okay, I'm going to take an hour or whatever time. I don't That's our part. Like how long is this coasting on the bike? rest of the bike kevin how are you thinking
0: Um, yeah i like it yeah all right house updates um it's getting real on the new house um there is shiplap installed real shiplap there is uh, pantry shelving there's closet shelving going up um there's boxes of tile being laid out in the garage trim carpenters are going mad um, so every day there's, there was this period of time where you're like, eh, I don't need to go back again. Like three more wires were run you know, from different parts of the house. <laughs> and now, you know, I had a half hour break before the podcast and I was like, Mel, I'm just going to go check out the house, see what's going on. So it's, That's it's so exciting. It's moving. Um, I had to measure the amount of copper, uh, feet and copper piping that I'll need for the propane tanks that are going to go in the yard. That was, that was fun. Something, uh, sounds expensive. our on your lot builders could have educated me about. Um, so I wasn't shocked because now they're like, uh, we're going to need heat sometime soon. Did you get the propane people? I'm on that. Uh, so that that's coming along. Well, I think mid, mid to late November still would be the timeline there. Um, people have asked, did we end up changing the flooring? I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast or just Mm -hmm. in groups, but no, the flooring didn't change. There was a $20,000 $20,000 restocking fee slash hostage fee that they wanted. So that was a no-go. Yeah, the septic system didn't move. We just found a new way to do the wall. Um, and then our current house is sold. Um, oh, so nice. So we, as predicted through the metrics, I, I knew I didn't need more people. We we did an open house on a holiday weekend. So Sunday of, of the Labor Day weekend. Um, so there's a bunch of people who couldn't attend. They would text, their, their agent would text. And we talked about that. We did get about eight people through the open house. We ended up getting four or five offers submitted. Um, we just told people, hey, submit your offers by a certain date. And um, nice. for just privacy reasons, I'm not going to go into super detail <laughs> about all this in case. Um, well, I'm just not going to. But the the couple that ended up winning, the winning bid, um, best price, best terms, best everything. Awesome. Um, no kids moving from Florida doctor and a nurse it's like the opposite of right five bedroom home uh f- five bath and no kids and it, it was interesting because the the appraisal or the you know all the what is this house it doesn't matter to them like they they came into the open house um had no questions other than do you have any questions for us that cracked me up i was like Do are you pre-qualified like you, you got a lender We're at, that's all the questions i have like i don't I actually Obviously don't want to know anymore than that <laughs> Um, so I think this is going to kind of lead into one of our actual news articles about bidding wars, but the, the point is from my wife's perspective and from others who saw the amount of activity on the Sunday, they're like, Ooh, this is not going to go well. There were only eight couples that came through and you know, why weren't there 70? Why wasn't it mass chaos and everything else? And it actually ended up being like, I got the exact amount that I thought I would get, which maybe that's just creating what I thought would happen, but there was a bidding war between, uh, three different, three of those four offers. And I didn't have to communicate with 70 different people about it. It, it, it was kind of this controlled process and just a really good reminder that you do not need large quantities of people to sell large quantities of homes. Yeah. And that's where everyone right now is nervous. Ooh, website mm-hmm. traffic's down a little bit compared to last year or down 30% compared to last year or lead volumes down 10% compared to last year. Like you only need one person to buy each house. And it really has to do with the quality of interaction and conversation with each of those people. That's going to determine that. I mean, every one of those people who made an offer were people that I was texting and keeping informed and in the loop and, and, you know, was doing everything that I needed to do to make sure they felt comfortable that in a first sale by owner situation, we were not crazy and that we were available. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to do that with 70 people either. No. So the numbers at the end of the day, they matter, but one home at a time, they don't necessarily matter, I guess is the moral of the story. So we're going to uh, rent back from them after closing in mid-October. the new house is done uh we chose mid-december date just in case my builders listening we still expect the (laughs) home to be done in november but (laughs) you have some builders a while so um no they're renting currently in uh around here but they're so we have a um sprinkler system and i said hey we'll just go ahead and winterize that and their eyes got big we don't know what you're talking about winterize what
1: yeah, we're from Florida. I would you do that?
0: I'm like, we, we don't, don't want it to freeze or- and explode. Oh, yeah, yeah, take care of that, please. We don't we didn't and I didn't know they were from Florida until they said it. we go, We're from Florida. We have no idea what any of that means. So yes, please no. just take care of it.
1: <laughs> your stuff freezes? That seems bad.
0: <laughs> yep. Did
2: you did you text that agent who had texted you multiple times about like oh, in the, case your house doesn't person. sell, the crazy agent?
0: Yes. And that you have to be really careful if you ever do this on your own, and I, I, I would say, you know, there are a lot of people in our neighborhood where like for sale by owner seems really easy or you're making it look really, it's not, I mean, taking the pictures, getting it, it's easy. Cause it's what we do.
1: You did it correctly. I,
0: I wouldn't right. recommend most people do for sale by owner. Um, cause it is, it is a lot. And I don't know. So we ended up selling to someone who also didn't have representation. So there's no commissions involved, which is nice.
1: Well, Sounds beautiful. Sounds like,
0: a- I, I don't know if they would have, <laughs> submitted the offer they did if we hadn't had the conversation of i've been in the industry i can answer some of your questions like you still need you still can get your own representation if you want to but i like i can help you they're, they're first-time buyers they've never bought a home before mm-hmm. so like what do we do how do we do this and
1: um and you could kind of lean on your experience like i've been in the industry, but also like how many homes did you sell
0: yeah this would be the third AYC. house we've sold
1: oh i mean like on our could, own you didn't oh, sell yeah, directly right. but like I've built X and so like, mm-hmm. so your, your understanding of, of all that is definitely yeah. there. That's a lot of trust. That's crazy. Yeah. first home. Nice. 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 They're both, they'd say they're both, they're both doctors from Florida moving up to
0: doctor and a nurse. Doctor and nurse.
1: Sounds, sounds great.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like there was a question that I didn't answer that you asked me, but we'll move on.
1: I don't, I want to ask, I want to know where they're from, but that that's too private. <laughs> and why are we talking about the podcast? I just, I just want to compare where they're from in Florida, knowing Florida to like, because I've been to your house, I've been to Columbus, and just like it's so. I remember when I went. I'm like, it's so green. But I'm like, towards the beach, it's completely built out. There's no green space. Yeah, should go to the park. But, but I know we live in the parents. country
0: out here for sure. It's
1: but you're, then you're you're so close to to me. It's like the perfect. It reminds me of Tallahassee. We're I'm going off on a tangent here. Like in 10, 15 minutes, you're you're like right there in the mix of everything. Or five minutes, whatever it was. It was yeah, stuff is close, but you're you have space and it's green and
0: open. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Yep. All right. Moving on to story time, or no, the news. Man, news. I'm really rusty here, guys. Sorry. Uh, from Inman.com, bidding wars reached the lowest level since August 2020, according to Redfin. Thanks to the reemergence of a seasonal of seasonal market patterns, bidding wars have slowed to their lowest level in over a year, according to Redfin's latest market report released on Tuesday.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And they have a line in here, Kevin, saying instead of 25 to 30 offers on turnkey homes, uh, they're now saying about five to seven, which is about what you saw.
0: There we go. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that was yeah. the other thing. The beauty of this, this of knowing where the market was, there were definitely things that if we had sold the house, um, you know, four years ago, we would have been like, we need to fix that. And this time we were like, no, like the floors, they need to be redone. But the buyers ended up having a golden retriever and they're like, we we think your floors are great. So we don't need to. Anyway, it, it was much le- less stressful in terms of prepping the property, but it still is turnkey because my wife makes sure we live in a quasi museum at all times. Um, <laughs> but so that, those numbers kind of hold true. And I think that's the part that I like the most about this article. And then we can talk about things we like or, or don't like or agree with. But thanks to the reemergence of seasonal market patterns, that's definitely what this year has been. Again, last year, the best part of the year was mid to late summer in terms of absolute peak activity. And this year it's, it's pretty much seasonal. It's just compressed and the highs are higher and, and the, and then the drops down are, are feel more extreme. But I think I saw a post from Alley Wolf saying that August is kind of the return to seasonality in in research that they're doing at Zonda. So I I do love the fact that we're kind of back to some sense of normal in terms of uh, the seasonality.
1: That's what I liked about this and just kind of thinking forecasting. There's this nice chart on here that has, so August, 2020, uh, monthly share of Redfin homes offers that face competition was 59.4 this year. So one year exactly later is at 58%. Hmm. But if we're now back in this actual seasonality of, of homes, December, 2020 was 53. I would think December, 2020 of this year, I don't know, 40, 35. I don't I don't know historically what numbers would be considered normal, but I would think much lower than last year at 53 percent as far as the high competition um, for homes.
0: Everyone's probably going to say, oh, Kevin, this is cute that like you're so cute. You didn't know this, but I was really interesting to see how the bidding process has changed or at least here or my personal experience changed where um, they would throw out a price in the agreement and then it'd be an escalation clause or addendum. Mm -hmm. And it would say, Hey, we're starting at seven twenty-five, and we will go up to this other number in increments of up to $3,000 competing against any other offer. So as someone getting the offers, it was kind of like, okay, we, we we want to, our house is listed for this amount. The initial offer would come in below the list price. And you're like, Whoa, 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 what's like, really? But then the escalation of denim would get them to be 30, 40 grand over your listing price. And I just thought that was, uh, it, it, it ended up making it very smooth and easy for us because it was a one day, no back and yeah. forth process. Cause everyone b- built that in. Whereas in the past it's it been kind of like, okay, okay, you three have the best. Now do it again. Or you do it again. Mm-hmm. Or you do it again. Like just this constant. And I think everyone found a better way, um, to just say, and you had to show the other offer as proof that it reached that amount. And so there was, you know, some, some much security there. But I thought that was interesting uh, shift in how, how it was working. So definitely. All right. Moving on to uh, from Forbes.com, Apple iOS 15, three exciting new phone privacy features coming any minute now
2: like this is on everyone's mind right now everyone's like email can we talk and about the
0: emails yeah and maybe, yet um as i mentioned on calls a lot of people are like what are you talking about i don't know what are you talking about
1: maybe i'm so quick to dismiss these things it might be because well so first I'm, let's
0: let's define what they are <laughs> What, what is are this
1: yeah i think the biggest one is the ios email tracking is what people are are concerned about essentially open yeah. rates are going to be if you're using apple mail open rates will not be able to be counted like that just that's not possible I don't, so I use Google Chrome, not Google Chrome. I use Gmail. So I use, yeah, I'll Google stuff on my phone. I don't know if it
0: gets rid of it. Yeah, it does. It, it's, it's the Apple Mail app, not the Apple Mail service. So if you're using okay. the built in mail app on mm. the phone, no, it's going to, it's going to block gotcha. those open rates.
1: So I'm only um, Gmail. Yeah. So I don't know if it'll, yeah. So mine would still count me as an open. But I,
0: to like, but I think it's, yeah. it's going to ultimately I, everyone, everyone will follow their lead. Yeah. I opened
2: MailChimp today and there was a big, you know, pop up and it was like, this is what it means moving forward. And it was saying basically that they implement a tiny graphic on each email that gets sent and Apple is automatically opening all of those and counting every email that is received as open. And so you're just tracking data mm-hmm. Your tracking data is going to get, um, they're just telling it's almost worse. They're
1: They're breaking your data.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like yeah.
1: <laughs> versus just not counting it and like your open rates go down. They're like, your open rates yeah. will go up like 50, 80, whatever percent. Um, but does this matter? Do you guys think it Well, matters? yeah. So
0: let's, let's finish out the other pieces. There'll be oh, a privacy okay. dashboard yeah. um, as okay, well. Nice. So you can control all the things that you want to have uh, private or not private on your phone. You'll be, to, you'll be able to opt into Apple ads, their own ad network, which is, which is uh, a new option as well. And just general Better privacy security, but back to email, which is definitely the hottest part. I'm kind of loving this because email's been broken more or less for a long time. Mm -hmm. Not broken in the sense that it doesn't work, broken in terms of how marketers have thought about it. And because it's been so metric driven that now, kind of the fun thing in the conversations I've been having with people is in preparation for this, let's just pretend that we're a consumer. And only send the messages that are important, like, forget it. Now, just think about what is meaningful and helpful and do those things versus annoying and spamming. How about that? So in some ways, you can get your head around it. This is an opportunity, not a crisis. And the other thing is they're still going to allow tracking of actual click activity. So it's just open rates. And one of the practical things then that means is that every email, even text-only emails from online sales, should have an ability to click on a link somewhere or some type of, if you'd like to learn more, check out this. Or one of my favorites is the PS, check out this video or check out this document or check out this blog post. Because you will be able to track the click-throughs. But in terms of how often we send and what we send, I kind of like the freedom of saying... Like almost scaring people. I've used the story forever of how my old boss, like, hey, Kevin, can we just buy a list of the 200,000 best people in Pittsburgh and spam them all? Like, let's just do that this month as our marketing strategy. And now you kind of get to go back to reverse and scare the crap out of everyone and be like, let's just send the emails that need to be sent because we're not going to know what's open and not opened. So we better do it right. I don't know if you guys have any other...
1: I 100% agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like we're just gonna obviously as people get more informed, they're gonna ask more questions, and I think it's just gonna be a lot of experimenting too. So we'll we'll just have to play it by ear. I think. But they, and they didn't give an exact time frame, correct?
0: It's when iOS 15 is is um, rolled out, which typically is right around the time of the new Apple phones being mm. sold. So that way they can cripple your old devices. That's a joke. Settle down, everyone. But that way they can you know drain your battery life faster and make that you want true. that new device.
1: Did we talk about the the um, feature with, I think this maybe a couple of episodes ago, but I, I've been thinking about it, and I think it's super cool. iOS 15 will have the, um, you could schedule FaceTime calls, and then combined with the spatial audio, you could then set Kevin at the left side, Jackie at the right, Mike Lyon to my back left, Jen Barkin hmm. to my back right. So it feels more like you're hanging out right here. in the room. Correct. And then it's we could schedule that, and so instead of using... The only thing is then it's you're on your phone, which is small, but I'm like, oh, that could be interesting how that would disrupt Zoom for people who are more casual users and don't need to share screens or don't actually, or maybe they're using Zoom anyways on their phone. Yeah.
0: It's and just I like a just, year and a half too late, people. Apple. We couldn't use that. would have had that. Like, <laughs> in the pandemic. Been,
1: that would have been amazing. It would
0: have been super cool. Uh, shoot. Okay. Next up from, um, well, kind of just in long lines from DigiDay, we'll just... Link in the show notes, check it out, because the headline will tell it all. Cheat sheet, why email marketers are calling Apple's iOS 15 update a proverbial nail in the coffin? And and that's because all of these again, marking automation. I'm gonna I'm gonna tease all of you who are super hyped up on all things automation. That that complex system of forty five emails based upon open rates and what they're what they're doing. I love oh, sorry. It. Hmm. Broken. Guess you should have optimized for humans instead of automation. Think, you know what I hope this breaks is the
1: <laughs> I think the, tip of the um um there's the book predictable revenue, mm-hmm. which I believe is how Salesforce got their start. Am uh-huh. I right? And they so essentially you send X amount of emails. There's the you have all this data and it creates this predictable revenue stream. You have what's called the business development rep BDRs, which would be comparable to our online salespeople, mm-hmm. yeah, as far as appointment setting. And so we get these emails like. Hey, I got one today. It's like, hey, Andrew, I was checking out the site. Do you convert? It's a fake email. It's just and maps they're sending it, but they're trying to get me in their stream of emails to then fulfill this predictable revenue model. Um, which, so they're all spammy emails. They're just more professional. It's B two B, so you're not as I'm. I'm not offended by it, but it's still like, why are you sending this to me? Like, <laughs> get out of here. If I was interested, I'd find it on my own. But yeah, I think. Those, we'll either get more of those or like that whole process is going to change quite a bit because now they don't know because they'll get you when you open it. And now you're on this, the automation setup. Yeah, like I, can, right. I
2: can see a lot of people not wanting, you know, like they're going to go down kicking and screaming is what you're saying. So I, I wonder if there's going to be those just industries. industries. That is correct. <laughs> that is
1: correct. Like, because they can make great money, like doing mm-hmm. the business developments, especially you probably know people that are that open up in, up in Seattle.
0: Those, um, those, those BDR people should be online salespeople. Forget it. Could it. Just Bring go, go work for builders instead. Rumor them. is that we need a few more. Me too. That'd be that'd be perfect. All right. Last news story. And then we'll talk about a quick change in format. Ooh, um, but last news story is LinkedIn launches from TechCrunch. LinkedIn launches a $25 million fund for creators and will test Clubhouse style audio feature in coming weeks. Yeah. I mean, also like forget <laughs> it. That's exactly this is, why
2: I put it in here. I'm like, wh- what year is this?
1: Too like, late. You guys are too late. And there's no yeah. creators on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is... And also didn't,
0: LinkedIn. didn't Twitter just say they're getting rid of fleets, right? Like they're, they're dropping that or it didn't I, work out. I, think they're
2: getting, I, th- I, I, I can't recall that. I think that they're lineup. getting,
0: I think they want to get rid of it to make room for their own clubhouse experience, instant experiences thing. I think so.
2: I think it, uh, in this one, it was like LinkedIn is killing their stories because they were trying to copy Instagram. Yeah. And it, uh, so this cool. is the new copy
0: is yeah. everyone used that real estate on the screen for something else because the story part didn't work out. And so I just want to end with something that's much better If that I think is worth talking about is there's an app called Call-In, uh, like Call-In, but all one word. Um, and it basically is Clubhouse, but it records the conversation. And then within that, you can create your own RSS feed for essentially your own podcast. Hmm. And so you can pull in guests, people can call in over the phone or use the app. You can run your podcast live and then push it out. And that's that's what Clubhouse should have been. And I think this thing's going to, take off because the ease ease and ability it is for it to have a live live podcast that your audience can participate in or someone, again, can just call in and be an actual guest on the program. And then minimal or no editing necessary, you just save it. So if you miss that live experience, you can still go back and listen to it later. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: they're kind of like that's what it should have been. Sorry. Switching to call in. Was that the announcement? <laughs> the I,
0: announcement.
2: Was, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and that's exactly how they did their questioning format. So we have the, um, the market proof marketing Facebook group. And sometimes we get questions in there, but this was, uh, all right. If you have questions about the podcast, just leave us a voice message. And I've and mm-hmm. been trying that
0: we've had a number available. Yeah. This is just easier. Yeah. If you're already on your phone listening, you could just, you know, send a message. Um, All right, so change of format. What we're going to do as a test here is there might be two episodes released this week. Uh, This episode you're listening to now and then a separate guest episode. So um, would love your feedback of pulling the guest interview portions of the program out and using them as their own episodes so that they're more easily searchable. You don't have to go to the 23 minutes in if you hate hearing our voices. You just want to hear the cool guests we have. Um, But that'll be um, something we'll test out. Let us know your thoughts. Also, quick shout out. I was also on the Digital Marketing Podcast with Greg Bray and Kevin Weitzel talking more about um, buy online, kind of the hot, hot topic of the time. Thanks, guys, for having us on. Um, we'll we'll drop a link in the show notes of that as well if you want to check that out. Otherwise, for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyuconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online.
2: See, ya.
0: See you next week. See ya.